What's going on, guys? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. Forgive me if I sound a little nasally today. I've got a little cold, some kind of something going on, but uh, I'm here. I'm bringing you guys a new show, and today I want to talk to you about marketing, and not just marketing, but mindset around marketing. Um, As a lot of you guys probably know by now, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I own a marketing company. And we specialize in the service industry, and we do print marketing, AdWords, uh, Facebook marketing. So those are kind of our three avenues. But I talk to people every single day about marketing. And so uh, really over the last few weeks, I've been realizing that there's a trend in some of the conversations that I'm having with people. And at first, it was uh, annoying me a little bit. It was kind of like a pet peeve. But what I'm realizing is it's, it's not these people's faults that they're thinking this way about marketing because it's just what, what kind of we're ingrained to do. And, and I used to do it as well. But the reason I'm making this podcast is I want to help you retrain your mind on how you should be thinking about marketing your company, okay? And so this this podcast is titled, You're Thinking About Marketing Wrong. And the average way most people think about their marketing uh, is they ask simple questions, right? To themselves, to the person they're purchasing from, Uh, Questions like, what does it cost? Questions like, how much will I make? Questions like, how long will it take for me to start seeing results? What's the least I can do to still see a good return, right? Those are all very, very common questions that I get from not every client, but I would say at least 75%, right? And it's normal. We do this throughout all different types of aspects of our life. It doesn't have to be just marketing. When we buy anything, we ask ourselves, what does it cost? We ask, how will I benefit, right? Uh, How long will this product last, right? Is this shirt that I'm about to buy worth the 50 bucks? What makes it different? What makes it good? We were trained. We're, we're We're always doing this in every aspect of our life. But when it comes to marketing, you have to start thinking differently. And this is for people that want to grow a big business, by the way. If you're like, oh, I'm just looking to like kind of stay small and you know, maybe it's just me and a helper and I'm cool with that. Like, good for you. It's awesome. I'm glad that like you found what you want and where you want to be. But this podcast is for people that want to get big, okay? People that want to grow outside their comfort zone. And so today I'm going to talk to you about how you should be thinking about marketing and how you should not be thinking about those questions. Okay, the first reason that you shouldn't be thinking like that is because those are all short-term thinking questions, right? How much will I make? How long will it take for me to see results? What's the least I can do to see a good return? Like, all of those are like, well, short-term, I want it now, now, now. I want it cheap, I want it now, right? And that's very common. Like, who wouldn't want something to happen instantly? But in business, it doesn't. Good Good and big things do not happen overnight, period. So this is how you should be thinking. You should be asking questions like, how can I get my customers to repeat as often as possible, right? This is definitely one of the most undervalued thoughts slash questions, period, in business, especially in the service business. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that they're so focused on the immediate sale Like, of course, dude, we want to get you guys new customers. Like, that's our job at my marketing company is to get you guys new business, right? But it's your job, once you get that new business, to find out how to get that customer to repeat with you 
over and over and over. And nobody's doing, I shouldn't say nobody. Most people aren't doing it, okay? They're not taking the second, third, fourth transaction serious. A lot of people aren't even thinking about it. But here's something you need to know. The first transaction with your client is very, is it's the least profitable transaction. Why? Because you have to, first off, you have to pay someone to take the phone call. You know, you have to purchase that customer. And when I say that, I mean, when you're paying for marketing and that person calls off your marketing, that customer costed you money. So you have a customer acquisition cost, right? Then you have to go out or and do a quote or over the computer. Someone's got to take time to get that person pricing. Then you got to send your crew out there. It's the first time they've serviced the home. They don't know the home, so it's probably going to take a little longer. Long story short, the first time that you service a customer is the least profitable. And so it's silly for you guys not to be thinking about the long term. If you guys aren't in the mindset of, man, how can I get this person to, you know, let us use the, you know, use us once minimum a year, twice, three, four times a year, year after year after year. What kind of experience can I create? And so for for you, you need to be saying, all right, Matt, I'm going to trust you guys or whoever you're hiring, right? This isn't a plug for me, but I'm going to trust you guys to get me this business. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have faith in this marketing thing. I'm focusing on how, when I get that customer, I can turn them into a lifelong customer that we service over and over and over. That's long-term thinking. That's big thinking. Another question you should be saying is what type of marketing has a predictable return? Okay, this is something nobody thinks about as well. It's like, I just want the client now. Okay, well, well, how many leads do you think that'll get me? Like, if I spent 500 bucks, you know, how many leads should I get? Dude, it's silly thinking. I'm telling you right now. You need to be thinking about your marketing in a predictable way. I always say you at least want to have one marketing avenue that you can have predictable streams coming from, right? Like when I send out ours is direct mail. When I send out 10,000 direct mail, I know what my return rate's going to be. And it's going to be dang close to, to what we think it is every single time, right? So that is our predictable marketing avenue. You know, guys out there doing Home Advisor or Angie's List or, or whatever, like I get it. It works, right? I don't advise using them, but it works. But it's not predictable, okay? And not only is it not predictable, but platforms like that where people are sending you leads, it's very hard to stand out from your competitors. Another question you should be asking yourself is what kind of marketing is going to take the least amount of my time? Now, if you're just getting started, ignore this because your time right now uh is basically irrelevant, okay? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being honest. Like the first one or two years of your business, like don't even don't even think this way because time is irrelevant and all your time needs to be going into your business, okay? When I first started out, I was handing out postcards 60 hours a week, right? Until I could afford to mail them. And we started mailing postcards uh, middle to end of our second year. But before that, Dude, I'm serious. I, I got my, you know, my business partner was on a truck with a helper. My job all day long was to do the very few amount of quotes we had. And then the rest of my time was spent putting postcards on doors, putting postcards in newspaper boxes over and over and over. And I would hit the same neighborhoods every 30 days. And that's all I did. Like, because I knew the return rate, I knew, hey, 
if I can get X amount of cards out, we're gonna get X amount of calls, and that's all that matters. So if you're in your early years, ignore the time thing. Like you're gonna do things that take up a lot of your time, and you're gonna feel like there's gonna be days where you're like, dude, there's got to be a better way. There is, you're just not there yet. But if you're three, four, five, ten years into your business, you gotta start thinking what types of marketing take the least amount of my time because you don't want to be stuck just dealing with with all your marketing. You don't want to be stuck putting out postcards. You don't want to be stuck doing that crap, right? And that's why I'm a big believer in hiring out things, especially if you have a weakness in that area, okay? It doesn't have to be marketing. I'm, I'm talking about anywhere. Anywhere you have a weakness, you should be finding someone who can do it better than you and hire them to do it, okay? And Last one, what types of marketing will allow me to stand out and gain the right customers? <clears throat> this is very important. Uh, I, I talked about this a little bit, but Home Advisor, marketing avenues like Home Advisor or Thumbtack, right? They don't really give you a platform to stand out. The thing I love about doing my own marketing and not relying on buying leads from places like Home Advisor is that I can literally, like when people get our postcards, they pick them up and they feel expensive. Like another window cleaning company could be mailing a postcard to that same client and I guarantee you my postcard's gonna feel and look better. <clears throat> now our prices might be more expensive, but that's okay because we're trying to capture a certain type of client and that certain type of client is going to recognize like, wow, this piece is actually nicer than this piece. Even if they don't say it out loud, subconsciously, we feel more expensive. You cannot do that through through things like Home Advisor or Thumbtack. You're basically just thrown into a pool of contractors bidding against each other, trying to basically get hired for the lowest price, right? And so you've got to think about types of marketing that allow you to stand out and gain the right customers. So if right now you're doing marketing and you're realizing like, dude, like all these people I'm giving quotes to are barking about my prices. As long as you're confident that you are not so overly priced that, you know, it's just stupid, you know, you can be high priced. You can be the highest priced guy in town and still be extremely busy. That's what we do, okay? But if you're not marketing it to the right people or those those people aren't where you're marketing, right? If you're on Home Advisor, I can guarantee you your high-end people, for the most part, this is not a blanket statement, but 90% are not on Home Advisor looking for a contractor. They're asking their other rich friends for referrals. Maybe they got a direct mail piece in the mail that felt really expensive. Uh, maybe you're running Facebook ads to their neighborhood and the, the quality of content that you're putting out is just good and expensive feeling. That's, that's the kind of stuff rich people are going to call you off of. Okay, so you need to make sure that you're marketing to the right people. And a lot of people don't even know who their ideal audience is. So if, you, if that's you, you need to sit down and figure that out. Go through your customer list and say, what is the majority of our customer list? Is it middle income? Is it high income? Low income? What is it? And, and kind of find out, okay, what jobs are most profitable? What jobs are repeating the most? Is the middle income people repeating more than the high income? You know what I mean? You need to start to think about that and you got to figure that out. And so different marketing attracts different types of customers, right? And there's really two business models. <clears throat> this is pretty straightforward. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but there's the, the high-end, high-pricing, offering tons of value, luxury, expensive feel business model. And then there's the low-pricing, like 
bucket bob, part-timer, very little value feel business model, right? One is scalable, one is not. Obviously, the low pricing one is not scalable. And you'll hear guys uh, talk about this all the time. Like when they first got started, their prices were very low. When they hired employees, like, crap, I'm losing money. Well, they have two choices at that point. They can either fire that person and stay small and work for themselves, you know, for low prices and probably do okay because they're working on their own. Or they realize I have to start raising my prices in order to survive and thrive. Okay. So the one is scalable. The other is not. Marketing that attracts low-paying customers is stuff like Home Advisor, newspaper ads, local shopper magazines, thumbtacks, stuff like that. So I'm going to be honest. Like I've done all of those except Home Advisor. Okay, when I first started. In fact, I have a shopper magazine literally sitting on my desk that just came in the mail, and so I don't even go through it. But the types of people that are calling off ads in those little shoppers or the coupon things that you get in the mail, like those are people that are looking for deals. Now, I can tell you this, when you're first starting off, you want to take as much business as you can. You wanna to start to really build that customer list because that's your bread and butter, right? <clears throat> the more people you can get in your customer list, uh, you know, the more repeat business you can get, the busier you can stay early on. But as you start to grow, you've got to start to realize like, not everybody is for you, okay? Not every customer you want. And so for us, we learned what types of marketing pulls in those low income or not even low income, but people that don't buy off value, but buy off price. The problem with focusing on customers or spending time on customers that focus on price is you give them the best price and this year you're, you're their best friend. But I promise next year when you go to call them, they probably found somebody else who did it for cheaper. Like there's no loyalty there, guys. And so you can spin your wheels and spend your time on finding customers like that and spending money on marketing to customers like that, but it's a, it's a waste, plain and simple. Marketing that attracts high paying customers, customers that buy off value, direct mail, every door direct mail, AdWords, Facebook marketing, yard signs, five around door hangers that are, are telling them, hey, we just did your neighbor's house, things that build trust, things that people can hang on to that came directly from you. And the, the thing you have to do is be consistent over and over and over. People start to trust that your business is uh, stable, not going anywhere. These are the types of things you have to do in order to build a scalable, high paying business, right? And so a lot of people are saying, well, you know, what types of things make me feel expensive? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to create a postcard that makes me feel expensive. I don't know what to do once they call. Like, I don't know how to leave a good impression when I give a quote. So real quick, I'm gonna breeze through this. We, we talked about this a little bit on a different podcast, but if you haven't heard it, you're gonna hear it now. When somebody calls your business, you have to do everything right. And I can, cannot tell you how many times a week, guys, that somebody calls our company and says, uh, my office manager will answer the phone and they, they're like surprised. They're like, oh, you're the third company we called. I'm like, you're the first one that answered the phone. And literally people say like, do, do people, are they just too busy? Do they not want business? What is it? It's not that they don't want business and it's not that they're too busy. They just suck, right? So you have to figure out how not to suck. And the first thing and the first way not to suck is to pick up the freaking phone when it rings, okay? I don't care if you're on a truck, if you're on a ladder. When I was first starting out and I was on the jobs, I was answering phones 24 feet in the air on the ladder. 
I had that thing on a, on a clip on my hip and I did not miss it. And if I did miss it, I can guarantee you I was calling them back within a minute, okay? Because I recognized they hung up that phone and they moved on to the next company. If you're missing phone calls and you're not calling people back within the minute, you lose. Okay, now I get you're not going to you're not going to get every call. My office manager, she misses calls because she's on the phone and people call in and and she can't take two phone calls at once, right? But she calls them right back. And when you do that, that's the first step to winning because service businesses in general, they're all the same. Doesn't matter if you own a cleaning business, HVAC, uh, you know, plumbing, lawn care, landscaping, whatever it is, they're all the same. They all have a bunch of people with the same mentality. You have to start thinking bigger. You have to start thinking like a business owner and you have to start to think, man, I want to dominate my market. What is my competition doing bad? I promise that's the first thing they're doing bad. The second thing you need to be doing is you need to be making sure you're getting people quotes within the same day, okay? Within a 24-hour time frame. Now, the bigger you get, the busier you get, the harder this is to do. When, I, when it was just me, my partner, and a helper, I would have quotes to people within an hour or two because I had time, right? But now, we're if we do 20 or 30 quotes in a day, and you know we try to do a lot of our quotes online, but if we can't get to them online or there's not enough information or I can't find a picture of the house and we have to actually go out there, it's hard to get to 20 or 30 quotes in a day. And so you gotta start developing systems that allows you to scale that. Okay, but you need to be getting people the information they want fast, if not instantly, okay? Next thing, obviously, if you go out to the house, uh, you need to make a good impression. You need to be wearing your uh, your uniform, some kind of khaki pants, shorts, something that makes you stand out from your competitors. I guarantee you, no matter what industry you're in, if you can dress apart, you already have a better first impression and you feel more expensive. Keep in mind, you keep going back. You hear me say this word expensive over and over and over. It's very important because you want to feel expensive. You want your trucks to be wrapped, even if they're old trucks. We have a bunch of old trucks, but they're wrapped so they look good. And when people call us, sometimes they're like, yeah, we saw one of your trucks, but you know, it was a nice looking truck. We, we figure you guys would probably be expensive, but when you gave us a price, we were surprised. Like you're actually affordable, right? That's the feel you want. And you want to attract those people. So go out there, full uniform, Get a wrap on your truck. It doesn't have to be insane. Get your logo, get your services, your phone number. Make sure when you pull up to the house, people can recognize who you are, okay? There's nothing better than pulling up to a house for me and fish window cleanings in, parked in the driveway and, and I'm decked out in our uniform. I already know I'm gonna smash them because they, they either send out one of their hooligan guys or the hooligan owner who is you know there in just a, a crummy t-shirt and jeans, right? With his crappy estimate sheets, and I go in there confident, right? And he should be the confident one for crying out loud. They're a franchise, but I go in there confident because I know I'm doing everything 10 times better than them. I know that I can talk to people better than them. I know that people will, uh, will relate to me better than them, and we win, right? So you gotta go in confident, and you gotta go in there dressed to win. I know this all sounds like very simple and like, you're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know all this, but are you doing it, right? Next thing is whatever you're giving that customer that has your estimate on it has to be better than anybody else, period, okay? And so for us, we have these estimate sheets that come on this really thick, glossy paper. And like I said, when we're competing against our competitors and they're given a carbon copy or they're writing it on a business card and then we give them ours, 
it's like not even it's not even comparable. Like it's not even a competition at that point. Like they might as well crumble the competitions up, throw it in the trash, and just call us. And that's what happens almost every single time. And keep in mind, we're always more expensive than these people. So people are starting to see, wow, this company, like what they do, like the guy showed up, he was in full uniform, he talked professional, he knew what he was talking about, he was able to hold a conversation, seemed like a really normal dude. Then he gave me this estimate sheet and his competitor gave me their estimate sheet and it felt like chintzy, like carbon copy crap. This one's thick and like it feels so nice, like I can't throw it away. You guys ever got something like a piece of mail or like a magazine and like the cover is like just super, super thick and it's that material, like that matte material and you're like, dude, I don't even like want to read this magazine, but I can't throw it away because it's almost too nice. That's how your marketing and how everything you're giving your customer needs to be, right? So you give them your estimate sheets, you win the deal. Now it's time to go out and do the job, right? Your office schedules it. You need to have some kind of reminder, email, reminder, phone call. Over communication is key. Keep in mind, the one thing your competition is bad at is communicating. So if you can over communicate, you're already winning, right? And so send a reminder email two days before or a reminder phone call the day before saying, hey, Mrs. Smith, I just want to remind you about your window cleaning service. We'll be out there tomorrow at two o'clock. Does that still work for you? Oh yes, thanks so much for reminding me. Perfect. It's going to do two things. One, it's going to let the customer know that you actually care and you're on top of your crap. And two, it's going to keep you from showing up to a house and Mrs. Smith forgot about her service and now you can't do the job, right? But you look like a hero. So you go out, make sure your guys or yourself are still fully uniformed. You do a good job. At the end of the job, you ask for referrals. You make sure you walk the customer around the house or at least offer to because you don't want people to think that you're running away from your work. So if you say, hey, I just want to walk you around the house, make sure that everything we did is up to your standards. And if you see anything you don't like, let us know. We'll fix it while we're here. That way we don't have to come back and waste your time. People love that, right? And so these are all little things that you need to be putting into place. At the end, you leave, you send out a thank you card or a thank you email, or you call them the next day and just say, hey, Mrs. Smith, I just wanted to call uh, and just do a follow-up, make sure everything still looks good. And I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for hiring us. It really means a lot. And if you have any friends or family that could use our services, would you mind, uh, you know, give them our name and number and we would love to help them as well. Over communication, not running away, not making the customer feel like you got there. You hurried, 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 got it done, got out. People don't like that feel. People want to feel like you're there for the long run, right? And when we screw up jobs, like we dive towards the problem. We don't run away from it. People love that. Like some of our best reviews come from callbacks, okay? And I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but I'm just trying to like give you guys the big picture of like, it starts with marketing. It starts with capturing that client, but that's the smallest part, guys. Like that's easy. Like I can help you guys with that. That's the easy part. The hard part's all this stuff I'm talking about, all the internal stuff that makes people feel good once they've bought from you, okay? So after the job, you're, you're sending a thank you email, a thank you card, maybe handwritten if you're, you know, you, it's hard when you're big to do that when you're servicing a bunch of people every day. It's hard to write 20 cards a day or whatever. Um, but a thank you email could be sent through your CRM like we do, it's automated, I never do it, but people think that I personally, you know, typed it out. Uh, or kind of calls them and and thanks them for their service or whatever it is, right? And then the power of it is when you finish that transaction, that person felt good, okay? 
That's powerful. And then what happens is when, let's say you service them in the spring and you're going to call them midsummer or late fall for your next service, that person is much more likely to use you again. And so I'm telling you guys all this stuff, like it starts with marketing, but is the smallest part. Stop thinking about, man, am I going to get a deal off this? Like, what's my return going to be if I do this once? How much is this going to cost me? Like, knock it off. You got to start thinking internal. Like, okay, like, I hope this works. I'm going to trust that this company can help me or I'm going to do it on my own because I know I can do it. Or maybe you've already found something that works and you just want to scale it, right? Do it and then start to start to focus on the stuff that actually matters. Like, man, how can I be a nightmare to compete with? How can I destroy my competition? How can I, when I go to give a quote and two of my competitors are there, that I can literally walk up and just know I'm going to freaking destroy them because they don't compare at all. Like they can't compete with me right? I'm not talking about prices. Guys out there that are slashing prices to win jobs, you suck. Okay. If that offends you, I don't care. It's annoying. And the thing is a company like mine comes and quotes a house that you quote, even if your price is a lot lower than mine, I'm going to beat you nine out of 10 times because I provide so much value. People will actually start to say, man, why is that company so cheap? You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just how it works, guys. And so I hope this brings a little bit of value. I know I was a little bit all over the place, but I felt like I needed to give this message out to somebody because so many people are thinking wrong. Nobody's thinking internal. Nobody's thinking long term. Everybody wants short term, right? Like, oh, if I spend a hundred bucks, like the, the joke is like one of our services is $99, was $99. We ran a, a special for a little bit. And People were literally like, well, what kind of return will I get? Like, you know, it's a hundred bucks. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Like, dude, even if you got a half a customer and you were thinking internal and you could service that person, you know, seven times over the customer lifespan, like your return on investment would be insane. It's It's like not even a relevant question. The question you need to start asking yourself is like, man, is my business a nightmare to compete with? Like, when I pull up to a house and my competitors are there, do they say, oh, crap? Because if they don't, you might not be doing something right. So hope you guys are doing well. Hey, by the way, you guys know we don't run ads on here. And so it would mean a lot if you could share this on your social media. Uh, or maybe you have a specific person or a, a buddy in business um, you know, that you think would benefit from hearing this podcast. And, uh, my email is info at serviceindustrymarketer.com. If you ever have any questions, you can fire off an email there and I will get back to you. Uh, but we don't run ads on here. This is all free. So if you would, please share this, help us grow this organically. And I think it's going to bring value to a lot of people. We talk to people literally every single day that maybe they found my YouTube channel, but then they got sucked into our podcast. And I just am able to offer so much more on the podcast than I am YouTube. And so if you haven't seen my YouTube channel, feel free to go over there. You can just search service industry coach and you'll find it. Um, but the podcast on here is really where like the deep value comes in and I'm able to have long conversations. So I hope you guys are doing well. Again, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, you know, you guys continuing to listen is the reason we keep on doing it. And again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to help. You guys have an awesome day.